0: Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker.
1: This episode is powered by the Riley Decker Companies. The right decision. For more information, go to RileyDecker.com. Growing up as a kid in Danville, Kentucky, Neil Brown excelled as a three-sport athlete, eventually getting the opportunity to play for his favorite university, the Kentucky Wildcats. Although Neil would find himself at a crossroad in the middle of his college career, he would eventually go on to find his calling in the coaching world. It is in times of adversity when we learn the most about ourselves and form the foundation of who we are today. Coach Brown exemplifies what it means to be a leader and a man of integrity. And with that said, welcome to the UDP, Coach. Great to have you.
2: Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. And excited to be on today. Heard nothing but good things.
0: Wow. Hopefully that, we live yeah, up to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hopefully Coleman didn't say too many bad things. But uh, yeah, you should see the hot topic questions he has for you. So uh, hey, at least he's, we're starting off on the right foot. But um, I think it, you know the man of integrity was how Calvin just you know ended the intro and something that really, really stuck out to me, and this is a little bit of a curveball that we typically don't do in our podcast, but I think it's we ha- we need to do it, right and, and address the situation at hand and your tweet of of be a light. I think you know, the Black Lives Matter and you being a leader of black men at an early age in a very formative time of their life. Um, the one thing we learned throughout all the people we did discuss is how great of a character and leadership that you give these young men and really want to talk about be a light and uh what you discussed with your family and your football team and the community there in morgantown
2: well i appreciate appreciate the kind words and whoever you talked to said that i think the integrity is always evolving you know and i think it's about the decisions you make and the decisions you make right now and how you treat people um and so what we're going through in this country right now first of all what happened to uh, the George Floyd and, and many others is, is awful. It, I mean, I, there's no better, I, I can't say anything like, and when I saw it, um, we immediately discussed it as a team. Um, and what I, I put in that tweet is, is what I believe. And I was real, I, I, I never use my social media, um, outside of just promoting, um, our program. Really? Um, i like to have fun on it, but, I never use it really in anything serious outside of promoting our program. Um, but as is, is, is I sit there and thought, um, I just really felt like it was, it was the right thing to do to share publicly what we were talking about internally. And my message was what I told our guys, man. My heart hurts. I'm sick. Um, I can't relate um, as an African-American. Um, I don't understand the hatred um, I don't understand um how many of our players feel in certain circumstances. I don't understand that, but I do care and and I want to help and we all must do better. And hate can't win. That's what I said to him. And I, and, and I really meant that. And um and I don't have I don't have the answers. Um we're we're coming up with a plan to not just hit this right now and, and move on. I think you gotta come up with we've had some some tough conversations and We've had some people that come in and speak about it. Um, but it's something that we've got to do better. And and we've tried to address it. And, and honestly, we try to address current issues at all times. You know, like before this hat before this, we were trying to we were talking to our guys about the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. And it's just I think I got in this profession um young and I really got in, guys, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, I uh played in Kentucky. Was an average player, good high school player, but an average college player. Was fortunate enough that uh, played at the University of Kentucky. Um, when I played there, I was I played for uh, a lot of really good coaches. How mommy Mike Leach, Chris Hatcher was there, um, Tony Franklin was there, Sonny Dykes. I mean, a bunch of guy Moore's. I mean, there's some really key offensive figures over the last 20 years that I played for. Um, and then I transferred to UMass, finished my career, graduated with a business degree. And I really don't know what I want to do. I come back and I play for an indoor football league team in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, with a bunch of former teammates from Kentucky. And then Mark Whipple, who's head coach at UMass, called me and said, hey, uh, come back and, and GA. And I went back and I was like, hey, I don't know what else I want to do. I might as well try this. So I go back, GA, within, within a few months, like, knew this was my calling. And I got into it because I wanted to stay around young people And I like the competition. I like the schematic piece of it. But as I traveled through my career and I moved up to the coordinator ranks, and then when I got my head coaching job, it's really become clear to me that um, football now is just the tool that I've been given to be able to develop men. And so um, part of leading is being vulnerable. And and I don't have all the answers for this. And um, I just know that we got to do better. And so, when I see something, I always share it with our guys. And I think the when I shared this shortly after we had our first meeting last week about this subject mm-hmm. is I think the letter to the Birmingham Jail is the very one of the top pieces of literature that's ever been written. I really, I, I mean that um, so much so that our team at Troy, right before I took the job at West Virginia, we were going to take uh, we were going to go to uh, to Birmingham. To the civil rights museum there. We're going to go on a field trip. We always take a field trip on Martin Luther King day. And, uh, now when I took the job, obviously I couldn't do that. But the main reason is because is the thought process behind that was that letter. And I think it's, it's tremendous. And then I shared a quote from my Angelo that really sums it up for me is it says, "Hate it has caused a lot of problems in the world, but it hasn't solved any. Mm-hmm. And so I shared that with them. And then, um, and then I finished up, there's a song, and it's, and it's a country song, but it's, it's uh, Thomas Red, who I think is really talented. And he's, he's has got a song, it's just been in my head. And it's really been in my head during this whole pandemic. Um, and I started off this pandemic, and we, uh, we're in week 12 of this. You know, you think about it, and right? I don't know when you're going to release this, but this is week 12 right now. And we've been operating remotely for 11 weeks as a football program. And I've just been listening to this song, and because there's so much negativity, you know, it's like you turn on news and and whether you're on Twitter, and this is I'm talking about just pandemic related, was everything so so negative? And I was just this song came out about the same time I heard it on one of these specials where they played it, um, you know, live on from his living room, or whatever. And the and the and the lyrics of the song, man, it just they resonate with me. In a world full of in a world full of hate, be alike. Mm-hmm. When you do somebody wrong, make it right. Don't hide in the dark. You were born to shine in a world full of hate. Be a light. I just think that's, man, just be a light. And that's what it came. And uh, and I thought it was important to, to to write something from my heart. I didn't think it was something to get help from our PR department. I didn't even tell them we were in, I was going to send anything out. Um, and so that song just resonated with me during the pandemic. And it still resonates with me through this this time and that's what I hope man my hope is I don't have it all figured out I'll tell you guys like you're gonna have a lot better people on this show than me um, and you're gonna have people that that can that can more eloquently uh, talk about the su- subject of race and in- injustice uh, social injustice um but I hope that we can shed some light and and and, a, and just to copy of that song man in a world full of uh, a world full of hate you know, be like, man, and and it's cheesy, whatever. That's, that's my hope.
0: No, I don't don't think it's cheesy at all. And honestly, that gave me, uh, and I was reading just like you did, like Tony Dungy or Killer Mike, or, you know, I was just trying to comprehend it. Cause like you coach, uh, being a white male myself, I don't know what it's like. And I actually reached out to Calvin and we had a long conversation and, you know, I don't know what it's like to get pulled over. And like he said, he, he keeps his hands at 10 and two. Like, I don't know when I looked at my kids, you know, how to, to worry about that as they get older. And that's just something, you know, it's really difficult, you know, for us. But I think like the one thing you said, and I've thought often and I actually mentioned to him and I've been reaching out as many people, we want to be part of the solution. And we really appreciate you being open with us by the way, because it's really hard and it's hard to really feel and understand like you said, but I want to do just like you, you're an inspiration for me. And be honest with you, you said that perfectly in my book, uh, between written and now verbal, Because it really helps me, you know, be a better leader. I think in my shoes as well. So thank you for sharing that. And you know, once again, like you said, how how do we be part of the solution? And I think a lot of it is 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 uh, learning from leaders and messages like that.
2: Yeah. But I think the other thing too is I think part of the part of the answer, the you know, because that's that's what people are going to want to know is like, I really think my generation, I, I I get so much hope from our young people, from our players and. And just young people in general, I got three kids. I had a conversation with a five and nine year old. I wrote about it in that social media post It's like, they don't see it. So there's always this kind of, you know, nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. Well, racism and social injustice is not a, it's not a nature. Nobody's born that way to have those thoughts. It's nurtured. And so it starts at home. And then if something's learned, you can, you can unlearn that too. So that gives you some hope. All right. but if you look at it, like, the generation, and it's really the same generation y'all, are, I might be a little older than you all, but is we really failed. You know, I thought back to, I think the Rodney King happened when I was 11 years old. I was born in 80. I think it was 91. Yeah, I think. 91, yep. Oh, yeah. And so my generation really failed. There were some advances, but my, my generation really failed. But I have so much hope in this generation because if you watch, like, the protest. Like I went out, I went down uh, today and just observed because our players, we adjusted our schedule. Some of our players wanted to take part in a peaceful protest here in Morningtown that was that was really well organized, really well done. And uh, um, I went down there and just, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily march because I didn't want it to be about me. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want it to be a news story because I was there, that's not, I really wanted to be there and be supportive of the cause and be supportive of our players, but I didn't want it, any part of the news story to be about me being there. But I just was, and it was all young people. You know, you know what I mean? It was young people leading the way. And when I when I see this stuff on social media, that so much of it is driven by young people, by the age group, that I'm fortunate enough to coach, that we're fortunate enough to coach. And so there's just a lot of there's a lot of hope. But I think for for people in leadership, part of the long-term solution is, is to develop leaders that are put in these positions where they can truly make a difference whether they're civic leaders whether they're coaches clergymen whatever it is that they're put where they have a, where they have a voice that that carries weight um and i don't know the best way to do all this yet but i do think that leadership and developing leaders is a big piece of the
1: solution so i think right now coach what you everything you said is uh, it's, it's going in the right direction, you know, being a young black male. And, you know, I I came from, you know, you're young still, uh, I I keep saying that he keeps reminding me that I'm 38 with these grays coming in my beard. So, but, uh, you know, having been a young, having been a young male, (laughs) uh, you know, I came from a fortunate, you know, growing up, you know, by a single mom, you know, I wasn't raised, in poverty or anything but having had the opportunity to play football and be with a, uh, a group of guys who all came from different walks of life and having you know coaches and different leaders there to help you know groom us and, and as you said you know nurture us into to who we are today speaks volumes and of course yeah these things have been happening for a long time and we need to find a solution but you know people in your in your shoes who have the opportunity have the platform to do what you're doing and that kind of just leads me to my next point um talking about what something you've created the 5th quarter where you know you're developing these young men not just as you know as a student or as an athlete but as an as an entirety as as a as a as a, as an, as a whole can you talk a little bit about the 5th quarter Um, and what you, you know, what you're doing with that there at West Virginia and and instilling in your young men?
2: Yeah, we've always had a mission here and our mission's always been about serving and developing total mountaineers. When we were at Troy, it was about serving and developing total Trojans. But there's three components of this mission statement. I think serve and develop are really important words because I think the serve part of it is we're we want to be player oriented we got to be players first everything that we're doing is to serve our players second thing is we want to be a developmental program so it's to serve and develop total mountaineers that's men who earn their degree there's an academic academic component it's men who earn football championships football component and then the last component is a character component which is we want to develop men who earn the respect of the campus and the community and so we've always been really intentional about developing men as part of our program. And so what, we, what we've done is, and this is, you know, we're not um, innovators necessarily in this. Um, I've traveled around and visited other uh, Power Five programs that had great, um, really, uh, development pieces for off the field, because that's what this is. This fifth quarter is develop, it's about developing men for life and things outside of football but what we spent the last six months or so on is really packaging it and then put it in a place where we can market it to our players and market it to people outside. And there's really, there's, it's, it's the fifth quarter and there's five pieces. There's character development, which is, you know, your beliefs, your habits, your morals, your ideals. Okay. There's leadership development, you know, and we're, we're, Developing personal leadership philosophies, we're giving them the tools. Whether it's um, speakers, you know, team building, you know, training retreats, things like that. There's a real life component, and these are things that you know, financial literacy, you know, how to cook, how to dress, etiquette, personal branding. You know, the Darlow uh, partnership we did was was all about that. Then there's career development. All right, career development being you know, finding your career path. You know, figuring out what major works for you, and then internships, like micro internships, mentorships, resume building, any of that kind of stuff goes into career development. And the last one is the responsibility piece of it, and that's keeping them updated with current issues. It's engaging them in the in the campus and the community, and so these are all things that, we, that we've done. We did them at Troy. We did we did them through the first year here. But I thought it was really really important. Is is to put together this program and put it in place where we've got a detailed year-round plan to hit all five of those areas to help develop our players off the field.
0: Yeah, and I, I thought the one – and speaking of the Darlow, I think that was something I think is super important for people to realize that I, I fact find in all the different people – were like 40 episodes plus and a lot of them are coaches, and the one thing I found was the development of men as an as a individual but also as a team – and the Darlow thing really spoke out to me because you guys were really the first to adopt. I was take it in the business world, kind of adopt technology being on the forefront, and I I think that's something uh, if you can touch upon being really. I feel like you know, at least in my opinion, that you're you're kind of first to market. You're first to be there for the development of your players. And can you kind of touch upon the Darlow and really the development of your social media? I know we have the stats and facts, and by the way. If you didn't know, we 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 have the West Virginia rundown here. Your team does a hell of a job, um, and uh, you guys are you know right up there, best in the country when it comes to engaging in building brands. So, can you kind of touch upon the Darlow and the overall brand?
2: Yeah, Well, I, I, the first thing I'll say is, you know, for a for a state that has approximately 1.8 million, um, the fact that we have the presence on social media, the presence in licensing, brand licensing. And, the, and, the, and just the overall fan turnout, um, whether it's at our Coliseum or at Mountaineer Field, is unbelievable. You know, we're in the top 20 in licensing, top 20 in social media, um, and that's really impressive. And then that tells you that it's important. And, and the other thing is is we are the only Power 5 program in the state. There's no professional teams. And so our, our players have a really large platform. And so, um, I've always thought that personal branding was really important. Um, we we did a lot of branding training. A lot of it goes back to social media. I think social media can is is a tremendous tool to, to promote to promote what you want to be about. You know, and I always ask our player, "What are you selling? Because you're selling something. What are you selling? And your social media, whether it's Instagram or whether it's Twitter or not, our players on Facebook, but uh, some of our coaches are, but uh, or Snapchat or TikTok now, whatever it is. Like, what are you selling? Because you're selling something. So, what are you selling? And and so, personal branding's always been really important. Now, it's gained some. It's gained some momentum because the name image likeness is coming down. So, our partnership with Darlow was really not necessarily about the name image likeness. It was more so about. All right. How can our players take this platform that they have right now? All right, being a Power Five football player at West Virginia University, in, a, in a, at a school where where licensing and social media presence, all those. All right, how can you take that platform and then capitalize on that platform when you're done? Whether you go to the NFL or whether you go and you're a a teacher or you're a financial uh, planner or you're an accountant or whatever you're going to do, your lawyer, doctor, whatever you're going to do. How do you take that platform and that brand? And how do you expand on it once it's done? How do you take it, you know, capitalize the here and now that's where that came from. Now, the benefit of it on the name image likeness piece is if you brand yourself in a way when the NIL does pass, which I think it will, when it does pass, then it could help you potentially, on future earnings, but that wasn't the, that wasn't the main reason. The main reason was about really educating. And I think anytime you got an opportunity to put an expert in a field in front of your team, you want to take advantage of that. And Jeremy Darlow is an expert. He does a phenomenal job at Adidas and he's an expert in branding. He's worked with some of the biggest stars. So for him to, and it's an education course. Um, and, and I'm excited about four guys. I think our guys are, I think we had our last, our first one was, was, Our first one's coming up this week, actually.
0: Yeah, actually, I tried to. uh, I just got on Twitter, believe it or not, not too long ago, so I don't have a huge following yet. And it might be good or bad. (laughs) I know exactly.
2: (laughs) I tweeted something. It is a great tool. Yeah, and that's why, you know, not going back, but that's why I was really hesitant early on to post something Mm -hmm. about the the race and social injustice issues that were that what we're experiencing that have really always been there. We're just experiencing them more right now. Um, Is because you only got 140 characters and that's not, that's, it's not, it's not a subject for 140 characters. Right. Um, and it's volatile. Um, but so I don't, I don't know if that's all bad that you hadn't got on there yet.
0: Yeah. But I, but I, <laughs> I, I tweeted something about, Hey, we're super excited. You know, we were uh, talking to coach, Wright Coleman, you know, Mike, and I tweeted something and just tagged West Virginia and I had like six retweets, and I got like a hundred followers. Like the West Virginia fan base, I told Calvin, we need to go move our podcast out of Cincinnati <laughs> to Morgantown. These guys are—I don't—they don't, don't even—I don't have like a hundred. Like they—they they follow the brand. This is incredible. They're—they're they're loyal. They're loyal. Um, the one thing, Coach, I think uh, as we're moving forward here is you know tr- uh, trust the climb. You know that is part of a big part of the message on all of your mediums, and obviously in the program, and you're building a program just that. And I thought something and studying the body of work and and really the season last year of not winning a game in October, but then finishing winning two games, crucial games, Kansas State, and uh, help me out here. um, TCU. TCU, thank you, sir. And and, and I think that, you know, those two wins and finishing strong and them trusting that climb, can you go into, you know, that program uh, vision and, you know, everything behind that?
2: So trust the climb is – our motto, both in-house and out-of-house. And I think it's really important that you have a, a rally cry. Um, at Troy, we, we had a – it was rebuild the wall. And at Troy, it was a proud program that had fallen on hard times, and we wanted to rebuild the wall. And I think after winning 10 games three years in a row and three bowl games and beating LSU and beating Nebraska, we were able to accomplish that goal, rebuild the wall. We got here, and obviously we're Mountaineers here in West Virginia. Um, and I just love that word climbing and, you know, I've watched that movie free solo and which is incredible, scary for me. <laughs> Cause I don't like heights, but, uh, and he was always climbing. And I just, I, I love that word because you always, you climb, but there's never a peak and that's kind of what we want to do. It, it encapsulates this, this everyday mindset that we want to have. And that's just, uh, to, to get better every day. And, and so we've got this, this motto that we're using both in-house and out-of-house, we're just trusting the climb. Trust the everyday process that goes into getting better. Um, and so the, the process, like, behind, you know, the trust the climb is, is we knew when we got here. 2018, they had, a, they had a really good football team. They had a really good football team. Um, they had a lot of high-end players on that team. In, but a lot of them were gone. Like we had one of the lowest returning productions on our offensive side of the ball in the entire country. We were one of the youngest teams overall in the entire country. Played eleven Power Five teams. We knew it was going to be tough, um, and so we just kept telling our players, "Just trust it. Trust it. We're going to get better. We're going to get better." We went through a little bit of the same process. Before. We won four games in year one, but we finished strong there in the month of November, and I think the signs were quality program is you're playing your best football at the end of the year, okay? Some teams do it, but it's a the quality programs play their best team football at the end of the year. And so our kids kept – our buy-in was high, um, you know, and so we finished really strong. And now we've kind of turned, okay, now what's the next step? The next step is, we man, we got to make a, a lot of improvements. We need to be one of the most improved teams in the country and then continue that climb because what we want to do is we want to – we want to continue that climb to where we get is in the month of November, we want to play meaningful football and we want to be big 12 champions. And if you win the big 12 championships, you got a chance to go to the college football playoff. And that's, that's, that's what everybody's doing. You know, that's what you're on field product. That's what you're trying to achieve. And so, but you're not going to win the college championship every year you want to, but if you're playing meaningful football games, like you're playing games that, that you're in the hunt for a championship in the month of November, then your program's where you want it to be.
1: Coach, um, So I I wanna, you just talked about, you said a word there, you know, uh, consistency and putting a product on the field, but I wanna take it off of the field. This is something that's always intrigued me, having had a little bit of coaching experience in the past. Um, And, you know, one thing that Coleman had talked about, you know, you're very, very involved, very, very involved family man, obviously, um, and you believe in keeping the family close with the strenuous, uh, you know, hours that you guys put in and whatnot. But can you talk about one thing we talked about here was, you know, one um, the book uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport talks about just being really into that cognitive space when you're really locked in. And I think in the business world and trans transitioning or translating that to. The football world of how you guys are able to be consistent every single week. Like on Monday nights, you guys are in the office really late, but then you find time on Tuesday to maybe get out earlier or have family dinner. But can you talk about kind of how you're able to put that consistent schedule together and be locked in like on a Monday and get film done and just be regimented about what has to get done to be successful each and every coming Saturday?
2: Yeah, I think it comes, there's really got got, kind kind of two different questions and the first one is is being able to stay in a routine and which I think is getting really tested during this pandemic. And we've had three messages to our team during this pandemic time. Number one is we we health and wellness is the primary concern. Number two is is having a a consistent routine and schedule. Third is a culture of accountability. But that routine and schedule is really hard and it and it requires discipline. And so Discipline in in our program, how we define it, is consistently doing the right thing or what you're coached to do, all right, over and over. <laughs> I mean, it's that's discipline, and it's and it's really hard. And I think um, so. You train yourself, right, to have discipline. Understanding it's about delayed grat- gratification. You put in the work now, you get the rewards later. Um, so I think that's a big piece of it's delayed grat- gratification. The second piece of it is is Um, I think you got to be intentional about how you spend your time. And this is a, this is a job that's, that's, you know, and and really everybody that's in our program is, is, is compensated. uh, Well, Um, there's pressure that goes into this. Um, But at the end of the day, man, you still have to take care of your main things. Your main things needs to be your, your family. Um, And so you have to be intentional about your time, which again, takes this, you know what I mean, and so um, I'm thankful I've got young kids. Um, you know that's, uh, and they're a priority. You know, my wife's awesome. Her dad was a coach, a high school coach. She understands, um, and and she's been flexible enough to uh, to make sure our kids have been involved with
0: whatever job that that I've been fortunate enough to have. And speaking of that, I know you got a softball game coming up, so we're we're not going to keep you too long. But we do practice, have a practice, 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 practice. Okay, practice. Sorry, not sorry, no game. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so we do a rapid fire at the end. Um, but before I get okay. to the rapid fire, I just want to make a statement. This guy has won forty games in five seasons. So anyone that's listening to this, and uh, we always, I'm in fascinated, coach with, or fascinated with with sustaining excellence, and that is in the coaching world. You know, coming from, you know, all the stops you had, but really from Troy being the head coach, winning 40 games in five years is just incredible. So your, uh, your plan, your vision and your execution of discipline is obviously paying off and we appreciate you sharing some of the inside knowledge nuggets as I call them to, uh, you know, make our listeners and those that are really looking to advance in their life, uh, better. So. With that said, I think we uh put put a little hot seat. You know, we don't think Coleman and Coach Wright and Mike gave us too many nuggets, man. We couldn't find a lot of things bad on you, to be honest with you. So it's a man of integrity. Man of integrity, <laughs> man. We're like, come on, he's he's got right, you gotta give us probably, something. You gotta give us yeah, something. Right in and ask the right people.
2: Right in and ask the right people. Yeah. So Coleman
1: Dante Coleman, was, and I've been,
2: yeah. Coleman and I've been friends since uh before we both can remember. So he probably he probably knows he Y'all didn't you entice him good enough. Probably that was the case. Well, here's
1: here's the deal. After you guys beat Oklahoma there this year, we're, we we plan on coming to that game. Maybe we'll get together afterwards and we can get a couple more knowledge, <laughs> a couple more nuggets from he, you. He did say
0: he did say growing up in Kentucky together how ultra competitive you were, and and that obviously makes sense. And it's it's obviously trickled down. He said, man, this guy hated to lose at anything. And uh, I think that's a common theme for people that are sustaining excellence. Look at the picture back there. That's a face of uh... – <laughs> I told Calvin, once again, wide receivers, you know, toughness, and uh, well, you know, it's still out. You never saw me in my
1: coaching days.
0: Um, but speaking of that, you touched the first rapid-fire question. We'll, we'll wrap okay. them up here. Um, morning routine, you touched upon a little bit. How have you been disciplined in your morning routine?
2: Yeah, I think – and I was on a um, – A leadership exchange the other day, I heard um, really a guy that I think a lot of, Jason Cummins, he mentioned this. He said, own your 5 a.m. And so I think it's really important in your morning time, especially when you're a a leader and you have a lot of responsibility, you got to take some time for yourself. And so during this pandemic, and then most of the time, I'm able – most of the time, unless – when things get really healthy, hectic and, and I, and I get away from it. When I get away from it, I can really feel the difference. But what I do is I've got, um, I've got some reading stuff I like to do in the morning. Um, I try to do some a religious type and a spiritual type and then working out. And I, and when I stay in that, in that routine, I feel so much better. I'm fresher, I'm sharper. Um, but that, that thought process of cause I like getting up early and I get more done before Really, my day gets going for my, in my profession, uh, and that whole mindset of owning your five a.m. making being selfish about that your time.
1: That's one thing. I mean, that's one thing we figured out. We've uh, we've been working out for the past couple months. You know, getting up at five a.m. But very, very true. When we don't work out, you know, we can definitely tell a difference throughout the day. You just you're maybe a little bit more lackadaisical, a little bit more sluggish, yep. and whatnot. And coach must be.
0: Brilliant. Because our our second question was the book you're currently reading. So you kind of mentioned that, but is there any specifics that you would uh, recommend to our listeners?
2: Uh, so what am I reading right now? I am reading, I was looking around my office here. It's dare to lead um, by Brene Brown. It's, it's a good one. She's, she's um, talks a lot about vulnerability. I think it's good for the times. Um, I'm reading that right now. And then Kevin DeShazo, just, he, he sent me a book, uh, I think "Keep Chopping" is the name of that. So I'm, I really like him. Uh, he's a leadership consultant, and I'm looking forward to reading that. That's kind of that's going to be next up.
0: Dare to the lead on my list. Just yeah. have to check. I'm, I'm reading uh, "Takes What It Takes." It's a pretty good one. And then just finished that. Oh, just nice. Just finished it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Trevor Moed. Yeah, really good man. Like I read that back at the beginning of like probably a month into the pandemic. And on that chapter that you probably, you may have already read where it talks about eliminate the negativity, man. I cut the news channels out and I feel so much better.
0: Amen, brother. I actually was uh, thinking, I was actually revising that. I read it all weekend and finished it and actually reached out to Trevor because I used that in our meeting about the past. Because I always said, you know, past results, you know, can be predictive of the future. And his stance on that was, was not the case. And I used that and I reached out to him, sent him a message. And he responded back, I mean him been having a back and forth uh, conversation. I just thanked him. I said, "Hey, this has really helped you know I addressed a hundred employees, and I just said, "Hey, you know the past doesn't predict uh, completely the future or at all, and this is something I really you know challenge my methodologies and thinking. so anyway, I love that great book. I hope we hope to get him on. He, he said he's he's, uh, he's thinking about it and he's going to try to get on, so that would be a great uh, piece I, I I told Calvin, I sent him immediately, you know, the audibles, I said, you got to get this." So, um, good stuff. Um, last question, you know, just as I guess more, uh, fun and loving question is, you know, other than being around the players, um, what do you most love about your job outside of, you know, maybe being around there?
2: You know, it, it's different every day. Um, and it'll go along a bunch of different paths. Um, and I, and I really enjoy the piece about trying to take somebody from where they're at to where they want to be. Um, you know, and and that and the relationship piece is big, but really taking somebody from where they're at, whether it's academically, football wise, man, and and try to take them to where they want to be, and and seeing that that development, that's 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 really encouraging. It's really rewarding, um, and and that's I think it's a big reason. I like, and here's the thing, man. Game day, you can't, you can't. There's nothing like that either. Never. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we couldn't you know get you, the the last question in in I don't uh, uh, we couldn't get Dante right your your one of your assistant coaches to sing uh country roads take me home so I don't know if you got any or if you want to defer hey, like him
2: hey you lose you lose all the pack of the podcast <laughs> whatever whatever it's called people falling if if I start to sing because I already like I already talked about one song on this if I start if I try to sing I'll be out for I'll be done for good <laughs> now, you can get you can get Jared Parker who's Who's Dante Wright's best buddy?
1: Okay, our. all right.
0: Now
2: you, you he'll sing it, but all knows West Virginia. It's a it's it, it's almost done. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Hashtag Q Country Roads. I believe there it is. is so, <laughs> um, thank you, Coach. What's a way we would love for them to engage with you in West Virginia football? How can uh, our listeners do that?
2: Yeah, you can you can find us all over social media at WVU Football at WVU Football. Um, and you can just search my name on Twitter and Instagram. I use, I use Instagram, just have fun kind of It's really messaging to our players, but, um, Twitter, we do, we do a lot of stuff about our program. So guys, I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, Keep thank up you. Good work, man. Thank, thank you. Coach. Awesome. Appreciate coach. it.
1: Appreciate you, man. Thank you very God much. Bless you. Thank you so much.
0: Yep. Thank y'all. Yep. See you. See you. Thanks for listening to the underdog podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google podcast apps and send our Twitter handle, a screenshot of your rating at underdog pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt.
1: See you next week on the U D P.